Hi again, this is World Pastor Tony Alamo. This is program number 576. If you'd like to have a copy of it, Sharon will tell you how at the end of the program. Please tell us whether you want a CD or an audio tape. We'll be more than happy to send it to you free of charge, including postage and handling. I've got some uh, a real powerful message for you today. We've got some letters and um, songs. But let's go to the throne and ask the Lord to anoint this program. Father... Lord, we stand on the promise when you said, if we call upon you, you will hear us and answer us and show us great and mighty things that we have not known. And, Lord, there isn't anything more powerful in the entire world and the universe but you, and you are your word. The word of God is God, is you. And therefore, Lord, we stand on your word that you'll give me an unction that you'll pour out your Holy Spirit upon me and talk right through me as if uh, it were you doing the talking. Therefore, Lord, we pray that you will do all the talking, that there isn't anything that will be done in this service today that is not of you. We want everything to be of you, Father. And uh, we ask it in Jesus' name that souls will be saved and the people in the body of Christ will become stronger and that they'll realize that we need to help those that are weak in the spirit help them Lord that we're supposed to comfort the feeble minded and to love one another otherwise the love of the father is not in us if we still hate our brethren we're still in darkness Lord, rebuke every power of darkness that comes against these programs. Rebuke every power of darkness. Tear down Satan's government. Tear him down, Lord. Rebuke him, Lord, that he destroys no longer any souls, Lord, but those that have been appointed, that have received his filthy venom. Lord, I ask it in the mighty name of Jesus, and everyone says amen. Amen. All right, now we have uh, Ray Price to sing for you, and I love the way he sings this song, Rock of Ages, that's Christ, the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Rock of Ages, Ray Price. Rock of ages, cleft for me. Let me hide myself in thee. Let the water and the blood from thy wounded side which flow be of sin, the double cure. Save from wrath and make me pure. Could my zeal no longer know These for sin could not atone 
Thou must save and thou alone In my hand no price I bring Simply to the cross I cling Praise the Lord. That was Ray Price, Rock of Ages. All right, it's Satan. Satan sheds his venomous seed. As Satan shed his venomous seed into the heart of Eve, spewed it into her heart, and she believed him. Um, in the heart of Eve, by a promise, he promised her, Ye shall not surely die. Was he telling the truth? No. He can't tell the truth because he's the liar and the father of it. Ye shall not surely die. Genesis 3, 4. Read and, it. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. Read the next voice. For God doth know that Voiced in the... Voiced in the voiced. Then what? For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. In other words, he's saying the same thing today, that if you don't listen to what God says, you've got a whole life to live. Even though our lives, the Bible says, are like vapors, shadows, grassy. They're like vapors. They uh, come up for a minute, and then they're gone. I remember just uh, a few seconds ago when I was around two years old and I ran away from home with my little toy elephant. It was bigger than I was. And Joplin, Missouri, and I drug him across the street into this park where a man was on a uh, automatic mowing machine, one of those motorized ones. And I saw a, a bandstand in there. It was painted white and green. And here all of a sudden I'm almost 74 years old. In September, 74 years old. My Lord and my God, time does go as fast as he said it would. I remember hearing when I was about three or four years old that time goes by in a flash. And here it is. But the Lord did tell me if I eat properly and exercise, that he'll give me another 40 years to live. But... Uh, Sometimes I'm not that anxious to live another 40 years unless it were that the Lord wanted me to. So, though he shall not surely die because you're going to be like God. So that's what he's telling everybody today. Live your life up. You're free. White in 21 or free black in 21 or free yellow in 21 or free beige or brown or whatever. 
and 21 or under, or maybe you're 25 to 30. But you're gods, you can do whatever you want. Well, people have to remember that at the end of the line, there's a day of reckoning. Certainly you must know there's a day of reckoning. I was the class clown in school, and at the end of the school, the teacher came up to me and they gave up diplomas to everybody and said, uh, Bernie, you stay after because I have some words to say to you. And she told me, Surely, Bernie, you must have known there'd be a day of reckoning coming. You clowned around all year. And I got, I had to stay in that same grade and uh, not go on. And here are all the people that were my friends who went on another year and were ahead of me. And the sad thing about it is that my girlfriend was in that class too. Yeah, there is a day of reckoning, amen, and I'm glad that that happened to me back then. I caught up real fast, but uh, that was a chilling message that I received from that uh, teacher of mine. So, um, whereupon uh, Eve presently conceived with sin and was um, assimilated into the likeness of his diabolical nature, wicked as was the devil himself, Eve is. Just as wicked as him. And she uh, preached Satan's gospel to her husband. She was Satan's first evangelist. And now the whole world is full of Satan's evangelists. And they want to stifle the words of the Lord. Those that uh, are preaching his word are on the hit list of Satan, but then Satan is on my hit list. Mm -hmm. And the Lord told me to tear down his kingdom. Everything that exalts itself over the word of God, the power of God. So God uses the promise of the gospel called, therefore, the incorruptible seed. Uh, why he does that? The incorruptible seed is the word of God. Uh, he uses that to beget his own image and likeness in them, in the people that Satan had corrupted. If we want to get into the kingdom of heaven, then every Christian must sort the promises out. You have to sort the promises under the proper uh, headings for directions. Because there's a proper promise for every uh, temptation, uh, every sick thing that happens to people. If you're sick, there's uh, promises for those of you that are sick. There's uh, promises for those of you that fall under temptation. So, every Christian must take some pains to sort the promises out as you read the scriptures and reduce them to their proper places or proper headings. There's a uh, uh, header on each one of them. It's like you index them into an index file so that you can quickly... Uh, have them bound on your heart, your soul, your spirit, your mind, 
so that when the time comes that you don't have to struggle so hard uh, so that you can immediately, instead of struggling, go to the promise. And that way there's a great multiplicity of uh, trials and temptations and tribulations which God is pleased to exercise the saints with um, so to see if he'll use these promises, to see if they really believe in the word of God, because so many people are suffering and they keep suffering and suffering more and more until the time comes to where they actually up and die on you instead of uh, the minute they feel something that they need to get to the promise for, they suffer needlessly. They should get immediately up to the Lord with the promise and, of course, you can do that easily if you have them headers on them or uh, they're indexed. The uh, He wants to exercise this through them, through the promises, and through the sufferings, through the temptations. When temptations come, the Bible says to flee from the very appearance of evil, that the Lord will keep you in the day of temptation. Amen? Amen. Uh, I mean, his promises will keep you if you look to his promises. But if you don't care anything about his promises, then temptation will take you and you'll be lost. There was a friend of mine, uh, I kept telling him, you know, he had gangrene in both of his legs. He liked to, uh, he had diabetes and he used uh, three musketeers to uh, season his coffee with and he ate candy bars and all kinds of sweets and everything so he got gangrene in both legs and the uh, doctor said that he had to have his legs cut off I prayed for him but the Lord told me no uh, that's not going to work he's not going to listen to you and as I talked to his wife today he died yesterday after they took both of his legs out, they say that his heart gave, just gave up. And I said, well, he wouldn't listen. She said, I know he wouldn't listen to me. 28 years we were married and he wouldn't listen to a thing. And I was telling him what my dad went through and different people that I knew. And he wouldn't listen to me. And I said, well, he wouldn't listen to me. I told him to have him cut off about a week and a half ago. But he waited too late, and his heart gave out. And that's what happens to people that don't listen to the Lord, because I always seek the Lord before I tell people to do something. So the Lord wants to exercise us through uh, different temptations and um, trials and tribulations persecutions, and all the different things that the Bible says that all those that are righteous will go through. All those that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecutions. And we need to stand on the promises because persecutions and trials and tribulations and temptations can throw a person's soul real fast if they don't have all the promises of God indexed so that they can immediately jump to them what does the Lord say about temptation? Somebody uh, takes their clothes off immediately in front of you. It's like uh, Marilyn Monroe or somebody flee the very appearance of evil and run. 
Amen? Just like Joseph did from um, this uh, wicked woman in the Old Testament. <laughs> Many are the afflictions of the righteous, the Bible says. Psalms uh, 34, 19. And there is a variety of promises provided to administer suitable comfort to uh, their several sorrows. That's why I say prepare your heart for sorrow. That doesn't mean that you're not going to be able to make it through sorrow. When I say prepare your hearts for sorrow, in other words, get all the promises of God indexed so that when sorrow comes, like my friend Frank Storino that just died, his wife went right to the throne and said, um, I told her, you know, he's in heaven because he did repent before the end. And she said, I know that. And so she's not sorrowful because she knows that he's in a better place than we are. He wouldn't trade places with any of us right now. Isn't that a wonderful promise? Amen. Because her heart has been prepared for sorrow because I told her to. Get all those promises lined up. It isn't a time of happiness, uh, per se, because we're going to miss him here on earth. But the thing is, is that her heart was prepared for sorrow. It wouldn't be a total disaster where she would run and take a gun and point it at her head and blow her brains out or something. Because, uh, my darling, she says, you're in heaven. And I'm going to keep my the wedding ring on until I die. She's 56 or 57 years old. He was 60. That's why I say we have to prepare our hearts for sorrows, which simply means that we have to prepare ourselves with the promises so that the sorrows will not be so sorrowful, so that we'll be able to go through them based on our ability to have faith in the promises of God. Amen? Amen. Isn't this uh, wonderful scriptures? Amen. 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 The scriptures are a spiritual, physic garden. You know, back when I was a kid, they called them physics, like medicines or something. Amen? Amen. Where um, grows an herb, uh, for the cure of every malady. Okay, now, it were of admirable use to the Christian if he would gather some of every sort, such uh, especially as he has found most to affect his heart, of which he can say with uh, origin, Quote, this portion of scripture is mine. It belongs to me. It's my promise. If you don't uh, do that, you'd fall away if you don't have the promises fully uh, absorbed into your spirit, your heart, your soul, your mind. It is exactly for me at this particular crisis of my life 
at this particular crisis or portion of suffering in this life. And then, to write such down as the physical remedy, a physician does his uh, receipts for this and for that. Different diseases by themselves. He has some index. Somebody comes in with cancer, so he goes to C in his file immediately to give the remedy to the person that has cancer. Amen? Amen. A doctor does that as well. Each one has a different header or index. Each one has a different remedy. Each promise has a different remedy as well. Well, you don't know that. Well, you're a babe in the Lord. You're really not that bright yet. May it not uh, shame the Christian to see a scholar that knows every book in his great library and uh, what it treats on. In other words, what it cures or what, how it helps him. So he can presently go to any one of them all. Trials under the T's, still under the T's is tribulations, S for sorrows, and make use of their notions or their prescri- the different uh, remedies as he has occasion. And that the Christian, who has but one book to devise him and to advise him with, and that uh, none of the greatest bulk, nah, but sufficient as to make him wise unto salvation. So to make his comfortable, to make him comfortable in every condition, that can befall him. I'm talking about every condition that can befall him. Should not be um, acquainted, if not everyone, yet with some choice promises of every sort to which he may be able to resort for a counsel and comfort. This is a question in the day of his distress. Shouldn't he have them all filed out? Amen. Now, the best time for this work is when you are yet at ease. Why, there's no troubles, trials, uh, tribulations, persecutions, prosecutions. I'm going to repeat that. Now, the best time for this work of getting everything in order, sorted out, filed, indexed, is when you are yet at ease and in the lap of health and prosperity. The uh, the pocket carry uh, gathers his uh, simples in the spring, which he uses in the winter. The mariner, the sailor, provides his tackling in the uh, harbor before he goes out. He puts forth to sea. And the wise Christian will store himself up with promises in the time of health 
for the time of sickness, and in those times of peace for future future perils. Even a squirrel gathers up its nuts and its food during the spring and summer and fall, so that it'll have something to eat in the winter. Amen? Amen. But that's why, you know, maybe people call people squirrels because they never set themselves up. But Christians have to do this more than anybody. Wouldn't you think? Yes. Because Satan is after your life, your very soul, the everything. It is too late for a man to think of running home for his cloak when on his way he is caught in a tornado or some kind of storm. A prudent, quote, a prudent man foresees the evil and hides himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. Proverbs 22, verse 3. A prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. We must observe the comprehensiveness, all the comprehensiveness of the promises. Observe the full latitude of the promises. The covenant of grace or power comprehends In other words, understands the weak Christian as well as the strong one. Because the Bible says weak Christians are like little children. They don't know it all yet. They haven't learned it all yet. And they're not, some people are not even trying. And the Lord gives you an A plus for trying. The scripture said, if children, this is Romans 8, 17, if children, they're still heirs, amen? Amen. They don't know it all yet, and therefore they're called weak Christians. They need help. The Christians, most of them kill. their wounded. Instead of taking the weak Christians and helping them up. Out of the gutter. Romans eight seventeen. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Yeah. So, he says, suffer the little children to come into me, uh, come to me, because such is the kingdom of heaven. So, they're weak. But if he sees them striving for, for perfection, then that's, they're still children. Not if children grown to this age or that stature but quote if children in other words if you're really a child of God not just because you're a child are you anything to the Lord but if you're a child of God and he's talking about if children of God amen Amen. the weak Christian as well if children I mean godly children then they become heirs Just because you're a child doesn't give you any foothold into the kingdom of heaven unless you are seeking the Lord, if you believe in the Lord. Children grown to this age. That stature, 
but if children, Christ has in his family children of all sizes and ages, some little and some others. Tall Christians, small ones, if thou be a child in the cradle, even if you're in the cradle, the promise is your portion. Quote, all the promises of God in him are yea, and in him, amen. Second Corinthians one twenty. For all the promises of God in him are yea, and in him, amen, unto the glory of God by us. And quote, there is no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. So we're talking about children, children of God, that are in Christ, not those that are outside of Christ. That's Romans 8.1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Okay, see, it is here. It is the state and relation the creature or the human stands in uh, that uh, gives him his title to the promises. If you're a child of God, some saints have more power or grace from Christ than others. They're all saints, although, I mean, although they're all saints or they're all saints, though, so they have more skill to improve all these different promises than their weaker brothers or sisters whereby their present profits and income from uh, uh, from the promise are greater. But they have no more interest in Christ than the other, really. They're more seasoned, but if you're in the body of Christ, there's some certain parts of your body that you don't pay that much attention to unless it gets hurt, like your little toe or your earlobe. If it gets infected, then you start paying attention to it. Then it becomes the most important part on your body. Amen? Amen. And so it's still part of your body, though, and so you have to take care of it. And it's the same thing with weak. Um, the Bible says to um, be kind to one another. Amen? Amen. And to, um, so he says, um, if you're part of the body, then you're part of the body. You may not seem, and it may not be that you have what is called the most important part of the body. You may not be one of the most important members of the body of Christ. But if you get hurt, the whole body suffers. Amen? Amen. Sometimes, you know, I uh, don't have that good of eyes, but sometimes an eyelash will get into my eye. And how that little eyelash uh, bugs me. And how a little person in the body of Christ bugs me sometimes because... They're weak, but the Lord says to comfort the feeble-minded even. Amen? Amen? As long as they're in the body, 
Yeah, they're, uh, they're functioning some way, or maybe they're not functioning at all. So consequently, the title of the weak Christian is as true to the promise as, quote, that of the strong. Shall the foot say, because I am the lowest member of the body, therefore the tongue will not speak for me? No, something happens wrong to my foot or your foot. Uh, your tongue is going to speak for it. Amen? Amen? My foot is sore. Can I go to the doctor? Can you come and pray for me? Amen? Amen. Oh, Lord, heal my foot. Or the hand take care of me? Will the hand take care of me? Who will grant you to be of the least and lowest rank of Christians? Yet you are in Christ as the foot is in the body. And Christ has made provision in the promise for all that are in him. We disfigure our promises when we make them look as uh, like squinting with an eye upon one saint and not upon another, whereas they belong to all, and they belong to Christ. They're his body, not yours, and so leave them alone. You don't know how to treat them, and so you call me. All right? And I'll tell you what's what. Quote, He that believeth on the Son, that means anyone that believes on the Son, the Word of God, has everlasting life. Doesn't that comfort your soul? Amen. These are comforts. These are promises. Amen? Amen? To some that feel, I just can't make it, I just... Well, it could be that you're trying to, if you're a foot, that you're trying to be the head. No, you have to take your place. Take your place in the body. If you're a foot, be the foot. Amen? Amen. What does that mean? Well, you might be purchasing agent. You're a foot that runs for the rest of us. Amen? Amen. John three thirty six. Read it. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Now, so long as they believe in Christ, they're welcome. Amen. Amen. Who now is there? Uh, this uh, who uh, now is there meant? Only he that believes more uh, doubting? I think not. He that bids us receive the, quote, weak in the faith. That's what the Lord says. Receive the weak in the faith. W-E-A-K. Will not himself reject them? If you don't receive the weak in the faith, well, the Lord will reject you. How's that? Mm-hmm. And justly so. First John 5.20. And we know that the Son of God is come and hath given us an understanding that we may know him that is true and we are in him that is true even in his Son Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. Go ahead. 
and we know that the Son of God is come, and hath given us an understanding, that we may know him that is true, and we are in him that is true, even in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. So it's uh, an absolute must. We must be much in uh, meditation of the promises of God. Why do we have to meditate on it? Because there isn't really anything important in this world but the promises of God. Is there? No. Because the bottom line, our life goes so fast, and the bottom line is, are we, we've got to make it into heaven. Amen. Amen? Amen. Above everything else. So it's an absolute must that we must be much in the meditation of the promises of God. So, um, be much in meditation of the promises. Why is it that the poor Christian is so distressed with the present afflictions that lies upon him only because he museth more on his troubles than he does on the promises of God. I mean, somebody, uh, your toe gets smashed or something and you start railing, using profanity, just you should be saying, thank you, Jesus, praise you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, and the pain will go right away. Amen. It's a promise! Amen? Amen. Amen. There is... Um, that in the promise which would recreate his spirit if uh, you are in some distress like for instance there was a bunch of people saying they wanted to blow us up uh, because we're getting the word of God out they want to blow us up and they made all kinds of false accusations the Lord says be calm I am your defense I will protect you if anyone raises their fist or there's a gun or a sword to do anything to you or your people, I'll kill them. Okay? Wow, that's a promise. Amen? Amen. Amen. That's even in the Bible. Amen? Amen? And the gates of hell should not prevail against you. Amen? Amen? So he said, just sit tight and relax. And so I did. Did you ever see me worry? No. Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, that's because I've got, I've paid attention more on the promises of God than whatever uh, thing they're saying that they're going to do to me. All right? Amen. Okay. And I was relaxed through the entire process. But that is the, uh, if he could but fix his thoughts upon it. God will recreate the situation and put it in your advantage. In other words, fix your thoughts on the meditation of God's promise. Uh, meditate on or think on or fix your mind on when the crying child um, once fastened himself to the uh, teat and begins to draw down the milk, then it leaves all his wrangling and fussing and, uh, and, and, and he falls asleep. Amen? Amen? Feed a little child, you know, screaming his head off and, oh, it's all over. 
the tribulation is over. Amen? Amen. And the baby falls asleep on his mother's breast. Thus, the Christian ceases complaining of his affliction when he gets hold of the promise. Man, there, you know, there could be a whirlwind coming and you get a hold of the promise of the Lord. And the Bible says the Lord has his way in a whirlwind, doesn't it? And um, so the Christian has the desire or the relish of its sweetness, the sweetness of the promise upon his heart. Quote, in the multitude of my thoughts within me, uh, thy comforts delight my soul. In other words, the things that comforts David are his promises. Thy comforts, thy promises delight my soul. Psalms 94, 19. In the multitude of my thoughts within me, thy comforts delight my soul. What do you think he means by comforts? Promises. Yeah. <laughs> you woke up. <laughs> People woke up. They all said promises. Amen? Amen. That's why you need to uh, categorize all the promises because you never know what evil is going to befall you one day from another. When a swarm of bees dislodge themselves, they are all in a confusion, flying over here and flying there. And without any order whatsoever, they don't have everything indexed at a time like that until at last they are hived again. They're back in their hives. Then the uproar is at an end, and they fall, uh, fall to work peaceably as they were before. Truly, even so, the Christian will find it with his own heart. Get back in the hive. God and the promise is your soul's hive. Get into the throne of God. That's the hive. Amen? Amen. Get into the promises of God. Let the Christian dislodge his thoughts that way and presently they run riot if you let your thoughts go hog wild well then you're uh, very presently uh, they go hog wild and they fly up and down as in a fright at the apprehension of the present affliction or temptation that lies upon him or her till he or she can recollect himself. You start, uh, you reconnoiter and you get a hold of the Lord's promises and settle his heart again upon the promise. And then he recovers his former peace and composure. Therefore, the Spirit of God sounds a retreat to the troubled thoughts of um, afflicted saints and calls them off from pouring out on that 
which ro uh, roils them or riles you. Same thing in England, they say it roils. Don't get roiled, old boy. Don't get all riled up. Amen? Uh, into God, where alone they can be quiet and at ease. Quote, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Psalms 37, 7. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. No, because the Bible goes on to tell you that you look at the people that flourish like an oak tree and their children play and laugh and run and they have money and nothing seems to disturb them, but all of a sudden they're gone off the face of the earth. And you wonder where they went because they didn't serve the Lord. David, uh, finding his soul to be like the dove, while flying over the waters without all repose, uh, calls it back into the meditation of God and his promise as the only ark where it could find rest. Quote, return unto thy rest, O my soul. Psalms 116, verse 7. And what's the rest in? We rest in the promise. Amen? Amen. So you've got to have all these promises organized and put into categories. So go ahead and read that Psalm 116, verse 7. Return unto thy rest, O my soul, for the Lord hath dealt bountifully with thee. Okay, the Christian's heart is of that same color, whether his uh, most abiding, constant thoughts color it or dye it into him. I'm not talking about D-I-E, but D-Y-E, like food coloring. Your soul has to be dyed into the actual promises of the Lord. Dunk your heart, your soul, your mind into the promises on a daily basis so that they are there with you at that too, so that you can be instant in and out of season. Transient, transient, um, flitting thoughts, thoughts that come and go. Be they comfortable or sad, do not much work upon the soul. They don't help you that much. Or uh, alter its uh, uh, temper into joy or sorrow. And neither do poisons kill, nor food nourish that uh, body that does not uh, stay in the body. There's always antidotes for that. If you don't put them in the body, they're not going to kill you if it's poison. And if you don't put food in the body, there's nothing it's not going to have to But we know we have to eat. Know then the affliction soaks into the heart and embitters 
the Christian spirit into perplexing fears and disconsolate dejections where his thoughts lie steeping in his sorrows from day to day. I mean, people just sit there and worry. The Bible never tells us to worry. We're to go up to the throne and claim the promises. You go up with a lawsuit before God. Say, God, I trust you. I trust in your promises. You're not going to let any evil thing happen unto me. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil, for thou art with me. And if thou be with me, who could be against me? Amen. Amen. When like um, her in the gospel, he is, quote, bowed down with the spirit of infirmity, unquote, that cannot raise his heart from the thought of his cross and trial to meditate on any promise that should refresh him. Such there are. God knows it. When Satan and their own um, pensive hearts keep such close prisoners that no comfortable meditation is suffered to speak or stay with them. And again, on the other hand, then the promise works effectually when it's bound upon the Christian's heart. That's why the Lord says to bind it on your heart. Amen, the promises? Amen. Then something can happen. When uh, he walks and when he wakes in the morning and when he walks throughout the land, uh, it will walk with him uh, all during the day because it's always on your mind. No pain he feels, no danger he feels can pluck him from uh, this uh, breast. Um, we only have time to read some letters. I'm going to continue this message tomorrow, so make sure you stay tuned. Sharon, uh, do we have letters? Yes. And where's the first one from? From Prakasam, India. Okay, let's hear what it said. Dear loving brother in Jesus, I am Pastor Timothy from South India. Brother Tony Alamo, really, I was very much blessed and comforted when I read your world newsletter, Gospel Literature, which is for the Church of our Lord God throughout the world. I perfectly know that these teachings have not originated from the human mind, but from the compassionate heart of our living and loving Lord Jesus. I'm believing that your election is not by man, but that God himself elected you to serve his church in these last days. Your gospel literature, especially, is very needed in our surroundings. People of our nation are very much thirsty for the God-revealed teachings. So, Brother Tony, send me more Gospel World newsletters in bulk to distribute them in my surroundings. I'm very much thankful to you, Brother Tony. Please pray for my ministry and congregation. Thanking you, sir. Yours in Jesus, Brother Van Girala Timothy from Prakasam, India. Uh, where's the other one from? Malawi, Africa. Okay, read it. Dear Pastor Lamo, 
Thank you very much for the wonderful work that you are doing with your ministries. We thank you for the dispatch of your literature that we have received, including Messiah books, Bibles, and several kinds of newsletters. Pastor, with your literature, lives are greatly being changed in our area and throughout Malawi. We distributed all the newsletters and Messiah books at Twanga Trading Center, where more than 23 people received Jesus to be their personal Savior. I have received three letters from two men and one woman telling me that they are going to write to you and ask for literature for them to distribute in their areas. Many people are coming to my home requesting the newsletters. Many people need the newsletter entitled Love and Affection. Others need the one entitled Switching Parents, and some need Peace in the Middle East, the only answer. So if possible, Pastor, try to send them, but don't forget Difficult Mountain, The Pope's Secrets, and Fugitive Pope. And all the other ones, and I see my time is up. They just have a list of different... uh pieces of literature that I've written, and there's hundreds of them. So if you like any of them, we'll send them to you. But right now, this is a time where all of us pray together, because I'm sure that you want the promises of the Lord. Because nobody knows in these last times, even before these last times, we're living in the most treacherous time of all. Uh, The Bible says that it's the time of Jacob's trouble, and Jacob had a lot of trouble. And, uh, you know, the Lord will keep you from all your troubles, trials, and temptations. Uh, you run into him, but he'll keep you walking safely and soundly through them all if you're his. So to be his, say uh, this precious prayer to him in faith. Say, my Lord and my God, have mercy upon my soul as sinner. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God. I believe that he died on the cross and shed his precious blood for the forgiveness of all my former filthy sins. And I believe that you, Father, raised Jesus from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. Say to the Lord now, I open the door of my heart and I invite you into my heart, Lord Jesus, with your Father by the Spirit. Uh, Wash all my sins away in the precious blood that you shed for me on the cross of Calvary. You will not turn me away, Lord Jesus. You will save my soul, I know, because your word says so. Your word says you'll turn no one away, and that includes me. Therefore, I know that you have heard me, and I know that you have answered me, and I know that I'm saved, and I thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving my soul. Now, just praise and thank the Lord and give him all the glory. And uh, read the King James Version of the Bible now, and you'll read of all the other promises. There's so many it would take me long time to mention them all so read it for yourself uh share and tell them how to receive our listening on us how to receive a copy of this program number 576 go to com or write to tony alamo christian ministries p.o box 6467 texarkana texas 75505 or call area code 479-782-7370 that's 479-782-7370 or fax to area code 479-782-7406. Okay, here's an arrangement by Joe Leahy with our orchestra and choir and myself singing lead, I Believe. Ah. Uh-huh. 
Oh 